a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. To see, to see the face of God is to be destroyed. So God now veils himself in, in the flesh and blood of Jesus. And he uses that, those means, namely his flesh and his blood, his life and, and his death, he uses those means to save us. And when we were baptized at the font with God's name placed upon us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with the sign of the cross being placed upon our forehead and our hearts marking as ones redeemed. We were adopted as sons of God. Uh, I think... Oh, huh? 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 <laughs> oh, oh. Are we doing the show now? Is the theme over? Oh, are you... I mean, I'm so excited. I am so excited about this show. Why? What happened? You planned it? <laughs> well, besides that... I'm done planning the shows? Do you... That is so nice. Do you, by the way, Pastor Wolf Miller, like Crow... Uh, the band Crow? No, like eating crow. Because <laughs> in the last show, yeah. you, I, I addressed the church, and you accused me of being a church growther. Yes. And I have this quote from a nameless theologian that says, It is a great comfort which Christ gives to his church. You preach, uh, confess, bear witness to me, and I alone will build it where it pleases me. Do not meddle in what is my providence. Do what is given to you, and do it well, and you have done enough. But do it well. Pay no heed to views and opinions. Don't ask for judgments. Don't always be calculating what will happen. Don't always be on the lookout for another refuge. Church, stay at church. But church, confess, confess, confess. Christ alone is your Lord. From his grace alone can you live as you are. Christ builds. Do you know who what that is? That, uh, uh, Herman Sasa. No. Martin Luther? No. Who? Uh, Rob Bell. <laughs> I knew you know, it. One of those church growthers. Brian McLaren. That's who that was right there. Yeah. Was uh, no, try uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer. So are you, are you ready to recant? No, that doesn't count. <laughs> show show yeah. me that in the scriptures or Luther or the confession to oh, Bonhoeffer. Are you accusing Diedrich Bonhoeffer of being a church growth? The exact quote is saying to not be a church growth guy. I mean, well, that's fine. You I'm a big fan of not being a church growth. But this idea, church be the church, ah, you got to look out for it. Uh, I, I want you, you to do this. To I want you to go listen to the church growth, church growth, church preachers and see if they always are talking to the church like this. Now, church. Okay. All right. Oh, why don't here, you church. then, by next week, give us uh, give us a quote from some church growth they're referring to the church as church. Lumpy. I got to get lumpy on the, <laughs> on the job. Uh, and if we don't hear from you by next week, we'll just settle the figure that the matter. <laughs> I said that'll settled. be it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's How'd get into the that, show proper. The I have a. I do my own research. I don't have to outsource my research to a fictitious character. Or Facebook. Speaking uh, of Facebook. Oh, yeah. Facebook. That, that's how you get all your research done. Indeed. I got a huge thing going on now on Facebook. This is exciting. It's happening right now. And that is Pastor Flammy and I have started this uh, Facebook group called Rightly Divided Daily Bible Meditation, where we will, starting 
on Sunday, well, that means starting on August 31st, whenever that is, we'll have three readings of Scripture assigned, three chapters from the Bible to read, and then we'll have some no introductory notes and a place for comment and conversation about the text. Uh, and this should be uh, nice, uh, a nice little corner uh, of Facebook to point us to the Lord's Word. So uh, you can join, uh, how do you go to this thing, facebook.com slash groups slash daily Bible meditation. Now, uh, for those of you who are like Evan and against Facebook, it so happens yeah. that you can actually see the content of this group without actually joining Facebook. It just it just so happens that you can just read the Bible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can you can just do that. But uh, uh, this would be nice because hopefully we'll have some notes uh, some some notes about the text, about the law gospel in the text. There'll be some teaching and some conversation that'll go along with it. So. Now, is Pastor Flammy real, or is that like another lumpy? <laughs> no, he's real. Oh, okay. He's you... real. I was trying to coax him on to come on onto the show today, but he wants to do a little bit more. But he said today, by the way, are you listen? He redefined Pietism for me. Uh oh. By Hold saying on. this, let me get my pen out. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, this is actually a write down sort of thing. So, if you take the order of salvation, the distinctions in the order of salvation, and instead of making them logical, you make them temporal then pietism is born. <laughs> ha! Isn't that fantastic? I mean, that's just phenomenal. That's the kind of thing so you pay for. So if you take the, the order of salvation and make them what? Instead of, instead of, instead of uh, logical, they become temporal distinctions, then you, that's pietism. Mm. So, like, so for when uh, someone's trying to measure their uh, how how good they are, their, their, their progression, uh, uh, more, more important than what God has actually said, doctrine. That's right. Uh, and then you making... have people figure, you have this distinction, you have, so you have people, uh, unbelievers, then you have those that are, have been enlightened by the law, and then those that have been converted, and then those that have been regenerated, and those that have been renewed. You see, you take it, the, these different orders of salvation, and then you put them in order of time, and then you now you're trying to figure out where people belong uh-huh. in that. Okay. That kind of that now look at that's I'm telling very good. You well, pay for that side kind of insight. That might fit into my buzzword for today, which is oh, the yeah, word buzzword. sanctification. <laughs> I got one. Don't worry, I got one. Oh yeah, I know. And uh, according to Theopedia, sanctification, <clears throat> excuse me, or its verbal form, sanctify, literally means to set apart for special use or purpose. That is to make holy or sacred. Therefore, sanctification refers to the state or process of being set apart, i.e. made holy. In systematic theology, the term often carries a technical meaning that differs from biblical word group. I know what that means. Uh, Sanctification is regularly equated with the Christian life, and in Wesleyan theology, it can refer to a moment of entire sanctification in which one reaches a state of Christian perfection. Oh, there you go. Uh, I did I tell you this? I think I did tell you this story before. I, I went you to reach that state. Of yeah, yesterday, it was great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was I, fantastic. I went to um, Central Christian me. College of Kansas, which is a, a free Methodist uh, college. Yeah, and they, they don't uh, charge anything. <laughs> what's that? They don't charge anything to go there? No, actually, uh, they do. They charge probably more than their fair share. So it's an expensive it, Methodist it's college, an ex- not a <laughs> yeah. free Methodist. <laughs> it's an expensive <laughs> free Methodist. See, see that joke? 
Ah, that was funny because for free Methodist okay, is the okay, name okay. of their theology, and I took it to tuition. I got it. Oh, yeah. it's hilarious. So anyway, you know, all the all the professors are stuck on this <laughs> on this Wesleyan view of sanctification, and yeah, oh, yeah. and uh, so the professor walked in one day talking to the theology class, and and he goes, "Let me ask you guys a question: Are you entirely sanctified?" And I said, "Yep." <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I, of course, was referring to the uh, perfection that the Lord gave me in holy baptism, um, which cannot be improved upon by your own works or doings. Yep. He, of course, was referring to the Wesleyan idea of Christian perfectionism. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So, so what? If so that's all. There's that's the punchline. Yep. Yeah. That was. And then that's great. it. What did she say? Or he? <laughs> Why would you assume it's a she? <laughs> I'm politically correct. <laughs> I don't remember. It was. I'm sure we all had a good laugh and then drank Kool-Aid because they can't drink beer. <laughs> uh, okay, I got a buzzword for you, and that is meditate. You know what? Here, let me write that down. Now, can so I, I use it in the meditation form, or must it be meditate? Oh, you want to say meditation? Or maybe meditating. Or meditatio? Or, or meditated. Can I change the or, verb form? Or what about just... mediate? I, I, now, this, by the way, my friend and Bible B arch nemesis, Pastor Brian Ketchermeyer, pointed out to me the other day that nowhere in the Bible is Bible reading commanded, which is annoying because I was busy starting this Facebook group called the Bible Daily Bible Reading Group. <sighs> and, you, and so I had to change it to <laughs> Daily to be, Bible Meditation. You wanted to group. be a legalist or what? Yeah. I'm all for that, and uh, for a couple of different reasons, but it is true enough, unfortunately, I acknowledge, that uh, that never in the Bible is it commanded that we read the Scriptures, although it is commanded that we hear the Scriptures, that we meditate on the Scriptures, that we delight in the Scriptures, that we teach the Scriptures, that we speak of the Scriptures, which would hopefully grow out of reading. But it is certainly then not enough to just sit down and read the thing, that we meditate on the Scriptures, that we... That we mull it over. Mm. It, so Luther pictured meditation of the scriptures as like a cow <laughs> chewing the cud. Remember that? Yeah. Cud is apparently what cows chew. And they have all these <laughs> stomachs, these cows do. And so what they do is they chew, they chew on some grass, and then they swallow it down into one of the stomachs. And then, then the next thing they do is happens. they spit it up, and they chew it on it some more. Mm. That's what Luther talked about, apparently. How we do the Bible. So we read and we hear it, we hear the Scripture, and then we, we swallow it down, and then we bring it back up and we meditate on it and we think about it, etc. Yes. That's how that goes. So could you also take from that the little distinction um, that uh, no one's given really to um, this kind of self-study Bible, <laughs> you know? That I'm going to sit down in my closet with my Bible and I'm going to read it, which of course is a good thing, which I think is what you're advocating. But the scriptures talk more about hearing it, so that the, the mm -hmm. word is read to you or preached to you, more importantly, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you're kind of a target of God's word, not just a, uh, a, a scholar who's pouring over this thing, right? Indeed. All right, when you go to break, we'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Rogue River. Nice. I'm going to Rogue River. 
<laughs> Not really one of the best decisions you've made today. Uh, You're listening to Table Talk Radio. That's obvious. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. In this segment and the next, we're going to be playing uh, your favorite game and mine. How big of a missionalist are you? Hey, you want to know how big of a missionalist I am? I do. I already have 50 members in my rightly divided daily Bible meditation Facebook group. You might be a missionalist. <laughs> started at like, you know, three seconds ago or whenever I said that. Didn't we use the um, Jeff Foxworthy thing for something else? You... you. No, yeah, you might be a pietist. Oh, yeah. You you. <laughs> or, or you might be anathema if. Oh, that, didn't we do that, too? <laughs> we do it for everything. Anyway, uh, so... The, the I'm re- still reeling, by the way, from last week when... Who was that? Was that Christopher from Oregon who tried to make up a game on the fly? Was that... Was yes. It? I think oh. so. Someone did. Here's another member, by the way, bringing him in. I didn't even require transfer papers for membership in this group. Good. Rightly divided daily Bible medication. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> medication. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook.com slash groups slash daily Bible meditation. Well, I have something for you to meditate on because I already this have next... 40 more members than listeners of Table Talk. That, by group. the way, was my buzzword. 500 points. Oh, All right. Dang, so dang, dang uh, <laughs> explain, Pastor, how this, how big a missionist area works. Well, now, uh how does this work? Let's see what I remember. We, do you know where this game comes from, by the way? I think it's the name from that Roy D. Mercer, who we don't recommend. No, we don't. <laughs> the prank caller in Texas who would call up huge fellas <laughs> and complain about how their product set some part of his wife's clothes on fire or something <laughs> and then offer to come down and beat him up. And he would ask the question. Open up a can. <laughs> and he would ask the question, "How big a boy are you?" And the, and the guys would be like, "Well, I'm six foot eight, four hundred and twenty pounds. One state wrestling three years ago. <laughs> oh, I'll come down there." <laughs> yeah, that's the holy and sanctified place <laughs> that this name of this game came from. By the way, how big a Michelin are you? And uh, and it seems like this is how we uh, do things. We're all trying to out-missionalize each other. And so we have various criteria for being missionalist. And uh, there's 12 of them, apparently, here on this list. I didn't remember ma- making so many. They are, everything in Scripture is ignored except words regarding mission. You despise vocation. You despise the sacraments. You despise doctrine, the pure kind. (laughs) You despise Christian maturity. You despise the ministry. You despise church rights. You use trendy buzzwords. The church is considered a training facility to equip but not give, to send, not forgive. The church is organic. I, by the way, was listening to G.K. Chesterton. Remember that guy? You were listening to him? Yes, uh, audiobook. This is great. Oh, okay. G.K. Chesterton is in the public domain, so you go to LibriVox, which is, I think, Hebrew for free voice, and you can listen to a bunch of his audiobooks. I thought maybe he started a podcast. I thought that'd be that's pretty amazing. That's right. It's on his Facebook page, and he was talking about how the era, the error of modern sociology is that it considers humanity to be an organic institution. 
And he says, just because every man has two feet doesn't mean if you put 50 men together, you have a centipede. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, 1920, the world is making the error. So 1980, the church has to make the error of understanding itself as an organic entity, which is false. 11, you talk about movements, not institutions. Uh, This is another G.K. Chesterton insight. He said, how did he say this? He says, you, your mind can only do two things. You can either have dogma or you can have prejudice. <laughs> that is, you can have an assertion or you can have an inclination. <laughs> you can have an institution or you can have a movement. That's what he was saying there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then last, you cost a lot of people other money. They cost them money. Now, if you get two to four of those things, you're missional. Five to seven, you're missionarific. And eight plus, you are hyper missionified. Now, I think Does that sound in... like this game that we're going to play. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, this is for those of us who are on the uh, the Vatican II lectionary. Um, we had <laughs> we we had the text on Sunday about um, uh, Peter's great confession, you know, and so yeah, upon I this, that. I'll build my church. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mentioned this in my sermon that uh, we have a, a crisis here in American Christianity of what is the church. Now, this is happens to be something that we've already dealt with. And I, I just picture what it would have been like to be one of the reformers of the 16th century. And uh, you're here you're trying to say, hey, you guys are teaching all wrong. And they say, you're out of here. You can't be part of us anymore. And in that time, if you were in the church, it was because you were in the church. I mean, you had Pope and all. And if you're not with the Pope, then you don't have nothing. And so now the reformers... You don't have nothing, You man. don't have nothing <laughs> in a German accent. <laughs> it's like what Dietrich Bonhoeffer... You don't have so, nothing. But uh, hey, so, so now we're going to have to deal with this question. You be quiet. We hey, have to, church. We have to deal... You don't have nothing. <laughs> That's what Luther said in the large catechism. In the church, we have nothing. Hey, church. You don't have nothing. Pedro, be quiet over there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's another person joining this group. Uh, but okay, no. But think now we have to discuss this theologically. I don't have any idea what we're talking about. You're, you've just been kicked out of the church, and oh, oh yeah, okay. And so how is it that you can say you're part of the church if you're not in with uh, Holy Mother Rome? And so uh, we're discussing this theologically. Well, the church isn't defined by where the Pope is or who submits to the Pope. What does define the church? And the Lutheran. Um, Reformers signed into this uh, uh, confession in Augsburg that says the church is where the gospel is is taught in its truth and purity, and that the sacraments are rightly administered. So, um, so where where Jesus is speaking to his sheep, uh, that's where you find the church. Okay, so that's how Jesus does so it too. He says, "Hey, church." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He's such a church. You birther. hear my voice? <laughs> hey, church, you hear my voice? So, so, but so, if you take away that pure teaching of of the gospel, you're taking away the church, right? Now, uh, today we've we've ruined that because we think that the church is just a gathering of Christians, and you know we're the body coming together. So there's the church, um, but I don't know. I I never have. I don't know if you have pastoral number. If you've ever seen a body without a head, but it's it's not too lively, back. you know. It, right. I mean, it just yeah. it's kind of lays there. And so we still Generally have to have Christ speaking to His church in order to have the church. 
Now, I think this is going to come in as our as our conversation because today we're going to be listening to a video from uh, Pastor Bill Woolsey. He's a pastor at Cross Point Community Church in Houston. Is it Cross Texas. Point with an E? P O I N T E. No, Pointy. sorry, no E on the end. That is a church growth fail. That's <laughs> either really on the wrong track. Now, um, <laughs> let me just to kind of set the tone here. I'm gonna I want to read from the What Do We Believe uh, page before we get to the video. You ready? Yeah. yeah. It says sometimes people assume that Cross Point is a non-denominational church with our modern architecture, rock music, casual dress, and creative message approach. It's understandable that a guest might get that impression. Cross Point is actually part of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, LCMS. This, call, this is, goes into the category of if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, looks yes. like a duck, it's a Missouri Synod Lutheran Church. I, I picture it like this. I, I, I think it's like a surprise party. You know, everybody comes in, oh, look at the non-denominational church. Oh, it's so cool. They're... They're so rocking, and then they're going to flip on the lights and say, Surprise! LCMS! <laughs> That's right. This is theological cross-dressing. Gotcha! It's like, you've been punked. This is LCMS. I, th- I thought you were a woman, and you're a man? You get arrested for stuff like that. Uh, so, apparently, the pastor at Crosspoint Co- Community Church um, has started this 5-2 network. What and is it's, that? Uh, it's a, that movie where the Australians and they go across the the uh, 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 what is it? Queen of the Desert, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, this is uh, so. So anyway. this so the pastor here has started a five two network of um, uh, sacramental. What's it called? A uh, sacramental entrepreneurs. So this is the attempt to basically look at what everybody else is doing, like uh, uh, Brian McClare and everybody else. And now we're going to try to Lutheranize it and say it's all good. So, all right, so now we're going to start listening. We only okay. have about a minute before our break, but let's start in on this video. It's called Sharpen to Start. Here it is. Oh. At some point in your life, you've probably belonged to a group or community that turned out to be different than it intended. Perhaps because the purpose was cloudy. You thought the ten of you were getting together to smoke cigars and play golf. In reality, the goal was to build a new library and Mega Donor was written on your head. Or maybe the community (laughs) the the people. (laughs) The very people who joined sabotaged the process, especially if they weren't sure how they fit into the bigger picture. A lot of communities are different than what they want to be because the purpose is unclear or the people unsure. Which means on the flip side that a community can go to a whole different level when the people who make up the community are crystal clear on their identity and their purpose. We've been talking about 5-2's six chief parts. The fuel that what? moves the movement. What are those? Ooh. Oh, we're going to have to this. look into that. The six, six chief, chief parts, parts of 5-2? Yeah. This will be this will be good for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we have a lot to look forward to. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We are playing How Big of a Missionalist Are You? If you want to respond to anything that you're hearing, you can give us a call. 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-7652. Or send us an email. Questions at tabletalkradio.org. I'll be lighting up a cigar and buying a library.
In a recent survey, 98% of listeners can't stand Table Talk Radio. We would like to express our gratitude to those who did not participate in the study. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. All right, we're just Thank getting you. started, playing a little How Big of a Mission List are you? And uh, we're, so far we're listening to Pastor Bill Wolseley. He's uh, telling us about the 5-2 Network. And let's let him keep going and, and uh, see what, uh, what he has to tell us. So uh, here we go. Part one was Jesus. Last video we talked about part two, identity. And this session, part three, community. Je- All right, oh, so, we, so we have the first three so far. Um, identity. No, Jesus. What was the first one? Identity and then community. Okay. so Jesus, identity, community. And so now he's, he's talking about community this time. This is the whole point of this video. All right, okay. here we go. Now we're on the same page. Jesus okay. is the why that shapes who we are. And when a group of people united in Jesus and growing in how his presence in their lives has uniquely shaped them for kingdom good, then incredible, powerful community develops. What is First, this guy even talking about? <laughs> I don't even understand the language. Somebody, someone at some point in time ought to teach people the difference between a noun and a verb. <laughs> is there a, a little confusion there? Oh, All right. Okay. This is not going to go. This, this, whatever happens next, dear listeners, dear listeners, be warned. Yes. Uh, drinking juice, might want to swallow that juice. <laughs> Running on the treadmill, this, I think they're... You know, the apartment across from the church caught on fire yesterday, and there was an explosion. I just think there's about to be another explosion around here. Uh-oh. Okay, let's see. Three parts of 5-2's developmental process, Jesus, identity, community, all flow into each other. When you and I are clear on who Jesus made us to be, what our kingdom identity is, it raises the ceiling for everyone in our lives. A what? phrase I use puts it like this. The best way to experience Jesus is in a community of Jesus followers. I can read about Jesus on the pages of the Bible. I can learn of him through song and word. But to experience his real presence calls for me to experience his presence in his people. Okay, I'm going to let okay. you respond to that fast. This is a, do you see this distinction between learning and experiencing? Uh-huh. I got this guy's talking about all the, about the sacramental stuff, but I've got a feeling that what he means by sacrament is not what the word sacrament actually means. So it's like, hey, Jesus can wrap himself up in bread and wine and put himself on the altar for you if he wants. He can also wrap himself up in his community of Jesus followers okay. and be present there for you. Before you finish that thought, let me get let me just play the next part because I think yeah. that'll help. I mean, yeah. Anyway, here. Trusting his forgiveness flows from receiving that forgiveness from his people. When what? I- okay, Wait so a- <laughs> let's... Let- <laughs> Wait a minute. So to get the forgiveness of Jesus, I have to get the forgiveness of, of the Jesus followers? Yes, because I think now what we're seeing is that the Jesus followers are the real means of grace. Because, you know, you could just read the Bible and it's just words on a page. Yeah, the but- word and sacrament <laughs> might teach you about Jesus. But where you really encounter and have Jesus experiences is with Jesus' followers. He, after all, is the why of our identity and community. You want me to tell you why the Lord didn't make his followers his means of grace? 
Yes. Because his followers are terrible sinners. <laughs> and if I'm looking to his followers to be means of grace, and I talk to you and you and your hideous mood as you normally are, a sin against sure. me, then I'm going to think that the Lord himself is sinning against me. If, however, the means of grace are established on the word of God that it never changes, is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, unless you're in the LCA, then uh, you can rely that this is a valid and true thing giving me forgiveness of sins. Asterisk, unless you're a liberal. <laughs> I did I tell you my Episcopalian theory the other day, by the way? And that is that it's not that the Episcopalians are liberal. It's just that the liberals are now Episcopalians. Everyone has become Episcopalian. They yeah. never cared about doctrine to start, and now everyone is just caught up with their lack of caring about doctrine. Yeah. That's pretty good. We have it? something there. All right. Now, we can back oh, to this guy. I'm reading this article. <laughs> Releasing the sacramental Jesus in others. This is just... Your sacramental identity is the sacramental Jesus in you. That reminds me, it's a baby Jesus, a grown-up Jesus, the sacramental Jesus. And we're wondering why people don't know it's an LCMS church when they're there. <laughs> Maybe because it's not. <laughs> this is theological cross-dressing. It's like a woman says she's really dressed, it's a man dressed as a woman, but in actuality, it is a real woman. <laughs> I'm, I know. I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. Nope, you're a man. <laughs> you're a woman. All right. Okay, here, here's more. I celebrate the sacraments of baptism and Lord's Supper in community with other sons and daughters of Jesus. More than celebrating Jesus' presence, his spirit is forming me into Jesus' presence. He's preparing me what? to be his sacrament with and for and to others. Let me tell you quickly two huge benefits of that community. One is relationships that lead to courage. This is the plural you of the New Testament. This is how being church is not an individual sport. Be, be this is the reality. Hey, church. Uh, You're experienced. Church. Okay. <laughs> hey, church. You've got to be the church. Little did, be church. <laughs> little did I know that I would provide the very ammunition that you needed <laughs> by the end of the show. Listen, church. Yeah. But the <laughs> You are a sacramental community. You are the presence of Christ. This is like, uh, this is mystical union gone nuts. It's like mystical union on steroids. Now, I know. So, I mean, lest we not identify what we're dealing with here, this is what they call, I mean, so his, his, his whole 5-2 network thing is, is sacramental entrepreneurs. Now we know why, right? Because, yeah. um, what the, I mean, it's just, it's just the, the old business model, what the whole point of church, it's your harangue that's in one of our, our, uh, theme music intros that the whole point that you come to church is to learn to go out and get more people. And he's just throwing in some sacraments as some mysticism for it. I mean, I mean that's the, whole, that's the problem. The sacraments are completely anti-mystical, but this guy makes them to be all about uh, and only Jesus' promise and nothing about, oh, by the way, the forgiveness of your sins. Right. Um, but now this is what empowers you to be Jesus, whatever that means, to go and, and get more people, to bring them in, and they can be sacramental entrepreneurs. I mean, this you're, is just business. Your Jesus followers are forgiving you, and that is what does it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ready? Yeah. It's good or bad. When shared in the context of following Jesus brings me wisdom for how I need to walk. 
When I'm in relationship with others under the lordship of Jesus, I discover a courage for facing the dark alleys of life. The other huge benefit of this type of community is camaraderie that leads to how. Throughout what? life, you and I... This, uh, here's a classic example of where grammar would be helpful. Come, hold on, let me write this down. Because uh, I've tried to learn how to be a poet, and this is one of the ways, apparently, to be a poet, is you say things that don't make sense. <laughs> Camaraderie that leads to how. Hmm. Got it? I'm sure it'll be explained. Oh, yeah. You explained want... it to me. All right. Come well, on. Here. Yeah, so you got that. Camaraderie that leads to how. And this is how. are faced with the how question. When Jesus followers live in community, each growing in how Jesus has uniquely knitted her or him together, then your knowledge, your gifts, your talents become mine. I don't need to be an ear when you're such a great one. You don't need to worry about running well when that's my forte. My strength becomes yours. Your know-how becomes mine. That's nice because I'm not so good on the whole eating healthy thing, but if you could take <laughs> care of that. And I'll just, I'll just eat junk. No, there are, there is a way. There's a right thing that we could get here, and that is that probably, uh, it is the, Jesus has a church because different people have different gifts, and that's fine. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean that's fine. And we should but probably. Would, oh, sorry, I, didn't mean I to say just I would say it in a more relevant way. Uh, <laughs> so it's that Jesus followers are living in community, uh, bear up each other's burdens of the what. See, see oh, I, I see that? what you're doing. Yeah, okay. I was waiting for you to finish your sentence, but no, 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 now, no I, grammatical conclusion necessary. I want to review um, the beliefs page of Crosspoint Community Church. The bottom line says, "Scripture alone, the Bible is God's inerrant and infallible Word, in yep. which He reveals His law and His gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. It is the sole rule and norm for Christian doctrine." Well, um, it would seem like. What he's teaching us should be found in the Bible, then. <laughs> but, Come on. Typical four-way guy. And, uh, by the way, we don't say that the Scripture is the only norm, um, for we have the norm that's normed, that is the confessions, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, while the Scripture is the only um, infallible and inerrant Word of God, obviously— um, this, the confessions are a norm for us, but it's a norm that is uh, that gets its teaching from the scriptures themselves. Like the movie, this is my brother Norm and my other brother Norm. Yeah, just like that. No, no, except for Daryl was the brother's names. All right, we'll continue. So this type of community brings me camaraderie that leads to how and relationships that lead to courage. Here's okay. another way of saying it. Biblical communities do not gather for themselves, but rather to celebrate His presence in the sacraments and to be a sacrament for others. Biblical communities in 5.2 gather to live out sacramental faith, respect for all, and to be action-oriented followers of Jesus. And when those people are maturing in their walk with Jesus, understanding His exclusive call in their lives and how He has formed and shaped them for that call, and then sharing that call with the body of Jesus, that, friends, is community. All right, we're going to take a break and count up the tallies on how I thought the song story. was the end of the video. That's your music. Nicely done.
many Table Talk Radio listeners does it take to change a light bulb? You'll probably have to settle for one. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Okay, how big of a mission list are you? Yeah, how do, what are my things here that I'm looking for? Uh, Solo like a, missio. Everything like, in scripture is ignored except words regarding mission. <clears throat> you know what this guy? You, I, well, you, this guy yeah. mm-hmm. is beyond missionalist. Uh, it is now about the. There's something else going on here. This is. Uh, with this sacramental entrepreneurialism, it's no—it's no longer talking about. It's uh, uh, it's, uh, it's no longer talking about going out. It's—it's it's in fact transforming the entire kind of constitution of what the church is. Yeah, and and I and I think that I mean when I started out by saying that we have a problem, we have a crisis in knowing what the church is. Um, you see, if if the church is just you, the the people, then the goal is to get people in this building. And the, hey, look how big our church is. If, however, the the church has something to do with um, the the teaching of the gospel, like where Christ says, uh, "Baptize all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them everything I have commanded you or given you," or um, then. Now, church isn't just about getting people in the doors and listening to I'm so happy. The point is that people would <laughs> Why be... would you think about whoever, who would ever have I'm so happy as part of their service at church? Oh, That's that would be uh, Crosspoint Church. <laughs> like I mean, care. church by is kind of like going to see a cover band or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, but but see, this is this is the thing that when we actually go to church, we are, I'm going to go ahead and say it, learn about Jesus. <laughs> it's not about learning. It's not about what you learn in the Word. It's about what you experience in the sacraments. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. And by sacraments, I mean people walking around. Is this mysticism? How many sacraments do you guys have? We got, we have 180, we had 180 oh, sacraments see, we only on about, We only had 51 there on Sunday. <laughs> 51 sacraments. <laughs> 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 so many sacraments. What how many sacraments Crossford has? I wonder if that's how they count it. It's like, I mean, we don't have members. We have sacraments. <laughs> oh, you mean Jesus presences? <laughs> we had 372 Jesus presences in church. Jeez. This is a, a good reason why the way that um, we don't want to forsake what... Uh, the, what has been handed to us by our uh, Christian brothers and sisters before us, the, the church. I mean, if 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 it's up to us to invent how church goes, it's going to be a disaster because we're poor, miserable sinners. If, however, we can uh, learn from the apostles' teaching what uh, what the church is and how this goes, then you know maybe it'll look like the generation before us. But this isn't our grandfather's heresy. I mean, this isn't our grandfather's <laughs> church. Yeah, that's right. Get with the times. Get with the community times and things. Okay, so count them uh, up. Let okay. me move on. Let's see. Sola missio, everything is right. Yeah, that's good. Despise vocation? Yes. Despise the sacraments? Indeed. Despise doctrine of the pure time? Yes. Despise Christian maturity? No. 
Sort of. Not, but maybe not. Despise the ministry? Indeed. Despise church rights? Probably. Use really trendy bud words? Indeed. Church is a training facility to equip? Yes. Church is organic? Oh, yeah. Movement on institution? Uh-huh. Costs other people lots of money? I don't know about that one. Yeah, we'll have to leave that one as a question mark. So that's 10. So Does 10 that... of 12. That means hyper-missionified. Hyper-missionified. All right. Okay, so now in the last name of the program, we're done with this thing already. I know, I know you want to keep going. We could extend Table Talk Ready to be a two-hour weekly podcast. <laughs> I got enough to do with my new rightly divided <laughs> daily Bible meditation Facebook group found at facebook.com/groups/daily Bible meditation. I keep saying medication. <laughs> Freudian slip. You need some medication. <laughs> Yep. Uh, this um, is uh, contemporary or traditional, and um, this, by the way, is the, the this only game is this segment we're playing a new game called contemporary or traditional. It's not really a new game. It's, I mean, it's a contemporary game because it was a game that was invented after 1650. <laughs> no, yeah, but it's a game that never changes. That's not it. Which means it's traditional. 1750. What's the cutoff? Uh, let's just make it 1700. That could make Average a difference here. <laughs> Good. Seven, I think seven. I can't remember. It's the same year that Bach died. Okay. <clears throat> you know, the only Let time I've been now. called a typical Fort Wayne grad to my face is when I said, when someone asked me what contemporary worship was, and I said anything after 1750. Yeah. <laughs> 1750. That's what it is. Okay. All right. So if, if you think the song was written before 1750, you'll guess traditional. And if you guess uh, contemporary, you're saying that this song is after 1750. You ready? Yep. Behold a host arrayed in white like thousand snow-clad mountains bright. With palms they stand. Who is this band before the throne of light? These are, uh, these are the saints of glorious fame who from the great affliction came. And in the flood of Jesus' blood are cleansed from guilt and shame. They now serve God both day and night. They sing their songs in endless light. Their anthems ring as they all sing with angels shining bright. Uh, I've heard that hymn before. It goes like this. Behold a host arrayed in white. It comes from Revelation chapter 7. Mm-hmm. That, by the way, was written in about the year 90, making it traditional. Um. Oh, yeah, that's, by the way, the Bible's traditional. <laughs> Get it? Got it. Uh, I do not know when the hymn called Behold a Host Arrayed in, right, in, in White was written, but I'll bet you, I'll bet you the music is from later times, 1880s or something, and I'll bet you the words are from older times. I'm going to say that that hymn, Behold a Host Arrayed in White, da 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 was written in the year con- traditional. Traditional. Um. <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Why? Why? Well, the only. Why do you have to? It's it's the, either is or isn't. No, the question is: Did the uh, author write this in the last fourteen years of his life or not? Oh, I see. <laughs> now, I'll tell you a way to do, to know the difference there. Yeah, is, look it up in TLH. In the TLH, it tells you the year the thing was written. I don't have in that. In the handy. LSB, it only tells you the thing, the author's dates. Behold a host arrayed in white, hymn 656. Another reason to prefer TLH. Yeah, because the dates. <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. Oh. Did you lose? 
Hans Brorsen around the year 1760. <laughs> so <laughs> he he died in uh, 1764. That's another reason, by the way, to prefer the LSB. It doesn't have that kind of clarity. <laughs> that is such a contemporary hymn. Look, Norwegian folk tune around 1600 was the tune. The arrangement came in 1907. I was only half right about that. Also, yeah, you, you're awful at this game. This is a great, great song, by the way. But pr- probably because it reflects that beautiful. I mean, I can hardly sing this hymn without crying. That beautiful text in Revelation seven, which shows the picture of so, so the whiteness of the, behold the host arrayed in white. This this white arraignment comes. They they come into the halls of heaven. These saints that have been martyred or killed or died. And they have these raggedy old robes on, covered with the filth of their sins, and they dip them in this, in this vat of blood, and pull them out, and they come out white and perfect. I can't imagine a more beautiful picture of the mercy of Jesus and the cleansing, uh, the work that His blood does. Just fantastic. That's how it is in heaven, though. Hmm. Yeah. You want another one, or do you want to give one oh, to yeah. me? Or well, that's what okay. I was- no, you got you got it. Okay, I'm busy uh, letting people join the. Fa- you want to know how many people are in my rightly divided daily Bible meditation group? Seventy-eight. Boom. Okay, here here talk it about is. church I'm, growth. This isn't necessarily the uh, the first stanza, but uh, here oh. here's a stanza. Lord, this I ask. Oh, hear my plea. Deny me not this favor. When Satan sorely troubles me, then do not let me waver. Oh, guard me well, my fear dispel, fulfill your faithful saying. All who believe by grace receive an answer to their praying. Hmm. I don't know that one. When life's brief course on earth is run and I uh, this world am leaving, grant me to say your will be done, your faithful word believing. My dearest friend, I now commend my soul into your keeping from sin and hell and death as well by you the victory reaping hmm. Hmm. that's nice uh you know what's going on there that, i mean here's an amazing thing about the hymns of the church is that you can hardly sing a hymn without without it talking about death and without it talking about the devil mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there was a there was a strong and profound sense that our battle was not against flesh and blood and things like this and that hymn has it. I'm going to say, because of those two features, I'm going to say that, that this hymn is uh, traditional. You are right. Ooh. This one was written somewhere between 1490 and 1568. Who this is This is The Will of God is Always Best. Oh, uh, okay. I should have known that. Yeah. So um, The Will of God is Always This is an old Albrecht one. Albrecht um, this is a good one here. All right. Well, I'm afraid but you, you got one. So 200 points for you. And thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the forgiveness you get from the sacramental presence of Jesus followers. <laughs> thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Are you saying that I Side don't, I'm not a nausea, vomiting, panic, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.